It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Cause Monday here on the Hive Sports, thehivesports.com. Um, today we have a special guest with us in Mark McGrady. How you doing, Mark? Good, man. How are you? Doing really good. Thanks for joining us a couple episodes in a row, and we're glad to have you around and in town for a few weeks uh, as you prepare for your next journey. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, it's uh, my pleasure. It's always good to get on and talk about BYU football. It's like one of my favorite things ever, so cool. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Just uh, before we get going, so Mark, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about where to find you on Twitter, social media that way, so that people who are listening yeah, I, can. Yeah, you'll find me lurking around on, on Twitter at uh, Nomad Coog. And uh, don't do a whole lot on uh, Instagram or Facebook, but uh, Nomad0712 on Instagram. Um, most of the stuff there is just family. I don't have a lot of sports content there because, yeah, that's kind of where I throw, throw my stuff around on Twitter. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, opinions are my own and, uh, and I entertain everybody's, everybody's takes, no matter what side of the fence, whether they're red or blue. So yeah, just bring it. Absolutely. Thanks so much, man. That's awesome. Definitely give him a follow. He has some great content. Mark and I have gotten to know each other over the past uh, months. We met earlier this year, um, thanks to a mutual friend and in, in laser sheep and Devin Smith. And it's been awesome to get to know Mark now in person as he's been in town the past couple of weeks. So, um, but today we're going to be talking a lot about BYU football. Um, we wanted to cover BYU linebackers specifically. Um, as you know, in weeks past, we've kind of jumped all over the board. We've talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about, um, some different aspects last week, um, with the games uh, and some other plans um, coming forward from BYU on the social media front. So today, Mark and I are, are specifically going to talk about BYU linebackers and kind of some previous linebackers as well as the, the future of BYU's linebacking core this year. And so uh, just a, a kind of a heads up for where we're going with, with today's conversation. But uh, make sure you give us a follow at the Hive Sports, like I mentioned, thehivesports.com. Um, follow all of the content from the Cougs, the Utes, the Jazz, obviously Cause Monday, we focus only on BYU, but there's some great articles and other things written. So please, uh, fl- please look into those articles that Dan puts a lot of time into. Um, but to start us off, so I, Mike and I have been talking the past couple of days out on the golf course about some, some different things BYU. And when we were out on Saturday, we were talking about BYU linebackers, some historical greats that we've had. We've gone from Kyle Van Noy. We've gone from uh, Fred Warner. We've talked about Cameron Jensen. We talked about a bunch of different, all across different, different eras of BYU football. And so, Mark, I, I, what are your kind of um, things that when you look for a BYU linebacker, what are some of the things that are traditionally that you've seen in these guys that have become focal points for BYU linebacking and what we, what we are as a brand with our line. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. You know, BYU gets plenty of attention for the, uh, for the offensive uh, side of the football, but you know, a lot of times you don't really a lot of talk about uh, how good they play uh, defensively. Um, like I said, I've been, uh, when I mentioned uh, last week on the podcast, I talked about how I kind of got involved with, watching BYU football. And, and so I've always watched, you know, the, the linebackers in the defense all the way from back in the day when, when uh, Kyle Whittingham and Fred played linebacker. And then, you know, guys like Glenn Red from uh, this kid from Idaho 
sure tackling guy, uh, hard hitter, Leon White, another guy played in the NFL. was just a fantastic, outstanding linebacker, very athletic. But I think what I really look for uh, is, is guys that just get in there and mix it up. Guys that can tackle, guys that can, that can play sideline to sideline that uh, aren't afraid to stick their nose in there in the, in the middle and blow up a guy. Um, I look at a guy like Justin Enna, for example, in 2001 had, had a key play in that BYU Utah uh, game in 2001, or he, I can't remember the name of the receiver he blew up, but just flat clean this guy's clock going over the middle. Like you don't yeah. go over the middle on Justin Enna. That's just a fool's errand. And I look at a guy like Brian Keel, uh, for example, uh, one of probably my all-time favorite linebacker at BYU uh, for very personal reasons. Um, part, of that, uh, part of that BYU football team that, that uh, was the Beck to Harleen team that beat Utah at uh, Rice-Eccles. Um, probably my all-time favorite BYU linebacker, period. I mean, this guy was like, I watched him constantly. And... Um, Great story about him. I don't want to take up too much time with this, but um, my dad had it in New Mexico when BYU was playing New Mexico down in, down in Albuquerque. And he ran into Gary, Brian's dad, and Eddie, his brother, who was also an outstanding football player at BYU, um, in, the, in the airport. And my dad's like, hey, you know, my son's in Afghanistan. He's a great fan of BYU. He's watched him his whole life. Big fan of Brian's. Um, and Gary was like, well, that's cool. I'll talk to Brian and we'll see if we can get him hooked up with some, with some swag. Right. So, um, I get home from Afghanistan and there's this stuff for me at the house. There's like a lid with his autograph on it and his number and his name stitched in the hat and a big, you know, uh, schedule with all the linebackers on it and all the seniors and stuff with his autograph and stuff. So, I mean, it's like, it was like a really cool thing. And, you know, it's kind of my first real experience with, you know, kind of touching base. I've never met Brian in person. Uh, we've interacted a few times on Twitter and his content is always just spot on. And, and he loves to mix it up with the Ute, uh, Ute fans on Twitter. And it's, it's always entertaining. And he's just a great follow and, and fantastic human being. It was a hell of a linebacker at BYU. And that's why uh, he'll always be my favorite one. You know, you got guys like Kyle Van Oy and uh, Sione Takitaki that are just massive, huge football players and had it, tremendous game. But BK will always be my favorite. So that's kind of that's, where I'm at. You know, I just, I've always followed the linebackers for some reason, you know, Fred Warner, another guy, uh, just immensely talented. I mean, these guys are so good. And so, you know, when they, when they make it to the NFL, it's not a big surprise. You know, a guy like Kyle Wynn, no, it lasts as long as he does in the NFL. It's not by accident. The guy's a stud. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Kyle Van Oy and, and Brian Keel, like you mentioned, uh, Sione Takitaki, some of these more, I guess, the last 15, 20 years kind of guys um, that have really headed up the, the linebacking core. It's kind of interesting because, um, like you said, Brian, Brian Keel, so my I'm second cousins with John Beck, right? And then, mm-hmm. so watching the Beck to Harleen era, that, that was kind of something that really connected me. And the linebacker was the position that I kind of just honed into. Cameron Jensen was my first idol at, at linebacker for BYU. Um, Cause yeah. that's kind of, I don't know. That's just kind of the person that I connected to when I first started watching. And then, yeah, so Cam then it was, was Brian beast. Keel. Yeah, he, he was amazing. And so yeah. Brian Keel kind of became that guy from, from the Beck to Harleen era, you know, and um, because of that family connection, not only that, but um, I've always had a kind of just this soft spot for BYU linebacking, but um, Kyle, Kyle Van Noy is kind of an interesting one for me because I was just watching highlights today 
of the game Utah State um, against um, BYU down there in Provo in 2013. I think when a few weeks back um, when we talked with uh, Riley Nielsen, Dan and I, uh, we talked a lot about that game, but there were some pieces of that game that I, I didn't see um, defensively because they're showing the highlights, and Kyle Van Oy had some pretty crazy, crazy plays in that time. I was like, man, this guy's just been all over the place. He's I, I really have, uh, I guess, of that era and that generation, Kyle Van Oy is kind of like the linebacker. But no matter what era of BYU football there is, there's always been at least one linebacker that I, I kind of tied myself to. Um, it, if back in 20, uh, 2015, um, 2014, 2015, it would have been um, Francis Bernard before he transferred to the University of Utah because yeah. Francis and I went to high school at Harriman together. And oh, because wow. of our connection there, like he was uh, when they moved him from running back over to linebacker, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be amazing. He's like my linebacker, you know, then he goes mm-hmm. to Utah and he still balls out. Not not in Cougar blue, but he still played really well. And, you yep. know, I, I, I just kind of and then I mean, Harvey Long even. Harvey Longy kind of took over and, and filled that gap um, in the meantime. And then Sione Takitaki. Yeah. yeah. And so there's always somebody from the linebacking core, like you mentioned, that's been a tie. It's really cool that way. Um, yep. And the scheme for BYU's linebackers over the years has really changed quite a bit. If you kind of look back to what it was in those generations with Justinina and then what it turned into during the Bronco Mendenhall era and then where it's at now, where they have like eight to nine different positions that are all linebackers, it's – what are your what are your thoughts on the evolving of that aspect of the the linebacking core? Well, I've always thought that you know if you're if you're going to be a linebacker, I mean, even when I the one year that I played high school ball, you know, when you know the linebacker is one of those kind of guys that kind of has to do everything. He has to be able to cover, he has to be able to tackle, has to be able to you know run a guy down or whatever, and and seal off an end at the edge if you need to. So you look at guys now like you. Know, Let's talk about Kyle Van Noy again. Kyle Van Noy could do everything, literally, against San Diego State. He did everything. He was the reason that BYU won that bowl game against San Diego State, or the, the game against San Diego State, it was because he had a strip sack and a fumble in the end zone to put, a, to put his head. And yep. he, he was like the only thing that worked in that game, really. I mean, the defense kept BYU in that game, and Van Noy scored <laughs> seemed like he scored all the points. I mean, so you have to be able to do everything. You have to be kind of a jack of all trades. And, you know, with guys getting hurt, you have to be able to be flexible enough to move from the outside, whether you're playing, you know, whether you're crashing off the end or you're you're playing in the middle or you're, you know, you're dropping back in coverage. And yeah. I think re- recently with BYU, with their, with their defensive philosophy seems to be, I mean, again, I don't know because I'm not, you know, I'm not in the coach's head or not in the coach's meeting or anything like that, but it seems like the philosophy is to have three real big, strong guys up front and eight guys that can cover, you know, cover yep. the middle of the field, cover the intermediate routes, the, the screen passes and the, and the shallow crosses and all that kind of stuff. So, but at the same time, you still got to be able to get to the quarterback. You still got to be able to put pressure on, on the guy at the football and make him make mistakes. And I've not, what I noticed is when BYU would do that, when they, they would rush those three guys like Tonga and Batty and whoever else was in there, um, those three guys would eat up a lot of a lot of human, humanity on the other side of the line to leave the linebackers free to kind of just come and go however they pleased. You yeah. know, when that happened successfully up front with the first three guys up front occupying five or six guys, you know, that leaves a guy like Peyton Wilgar 
or a Kyle Van Noy or somebody like that free reign at the backfield. And that's, that's when it's really devastating to watch. And it's incredible. You know, if they run a twist or something like that, where that you can't account for everybody. And if three guys are occupying five, that's going to leave, you know, three or four linebackers free to just kind of wreak havoc. And so I think in that regard, it's kind of a fun thing to watch, but sometimes, you know, if you get a team that's got a really talented offensive line, that, that doesn't really work as well. But to be a linebacker at BYU, you've got to be able to do just about everything. I mean, Fred oh. Warner was a great example of that. Guy could cover, he could tackle, he do everything. Definitely. Definitely. The one that you mentioned with Kyle Vanoy, the strip sack fumble against San Diego State, didn't that exact same thing happen against Ole Miss? Like, he's, he literally yeah. changed that game um, yeah. to make it so that we could go yeah, on he, the road to be Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys like him, guys like him, guys like Brian Keel, Cameron Jensen, those guys are, can be game changers. Fred Warner, too, that, that pick six that he had where he just tiptoed down the sidelines. He literally ran through every player yep. to get to the end zone. I mean, that was the sickest pick six I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and on that same team, you've got Kai Nakua, who did that seemingly every week. And yeah. still, you know, you've got, <laughs> you've got Fred Warner that was just in one pick six, just upstaged all of that. And, I mean, it was incredible. Absolutely. No, and that's kind of, I mean, that's the direction we're going with this today because we want to talk about, like, who's the next guy? Last year, it felt like Isaiah Kafusi was was that guy. Mm-hmm. He was that guy, not just it felt like, but he, he was the leader, the senior leader, and, and now he's in the NFL, and now he's getting his, his chance at that shot. But um, there's going to have to be somebody who kind of steps up in the role this year um, to kind of fill that gap. And I think the early favorite, obviously, is Peyton Wilgar. I think yeah. his play a couple of years back against USC really kind of solidified that. And then just his play throughout that season, um, kind of, like you said, covering the middle of the field, but then also having opportunities to in the backfield or, you know, go for the sack. Um, Kyrus Tonga did really fill up a lot of that space. So maybe this year we'll see with those eight different linebacker positions, we'll see a little more blitzing and stunts that way to try to involve the linebacking core into uh into the uh the the game flow of sacking the quarterback trying to get in the backfield and just the flow i really i think Peyton's going to be that guy but i think there's got to be a couple other guys that, that step up and I, as i was looking through just the depth chart and i'm looking over who byu has i think pepe tanuvasa um the transfer from navy who played the first game last year and then kind of had some inner intermediate play um in some of the games uh, I think he might have gotten hurt or something. Wasn't getting as many reps. They were just kind of letting him yeah. get into the flow again. Um, but I think he is uh, – he's a stud. And that's one thing Navy does really good is they recruit really good linebackers. And it was pretty obvious why um, he would have been great there. But I think he'll be even better at BYU. He'll kind of be able to, to have that flow of playing either dropping back or, or going in – you know what I mean, playing the hard nose up on the line. Uh, I think right. Pepe is a huge, a huge get. But um, – I also I was looking at uh, Jackson Kafusi, uh, who got some mm-hmm. reps, um, and obviously the Kafusi names long time been been with BYU. We got Max Tooley, um, and Max Tooley is going to yeah. be he he is that guy that could play safety, he could play corner, he could play linebacker, he could play literally any position right. on the field because of his size. And there's a couple of these guys. Well, that yeah, do I that. mean, if you look at his, yeah, I mean, if you look at Max's number over the last last two years, the guy had let's see what he have like ninety six. 96 total tackles. Uh, I think he had 53 solo tackles, 20 assisted tackles in uh, 2020 and 19 and 2021. Had a pick um, in both seasons. One, he returned for 33 yards. 
you know, he's defended on two passes in two years. The kid's a stud. I mean, an, an impact player. When he was a freshman, I was like, who is that guy? Yeah. He came in and just was like all run. I mean, he just he, he's one of those guys that you like to watch because the guy, you know, he can cover sideline to sideline. Uh, he'll blow a guy up. And uh, I mean, he's just a smart, smart linebacker, really fun to watch. Uh, I think he works really well with uh, with Jackson Kafusi and I mean, Keenan Peely and Peyton Wolgar. Those guys are all going to be fun to watch. The guy I'm really curious to watch is 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 Josh Wilson. Yep. Uh, hardly, you know, with all of the attention that Zach got in the last year or two, I mean, you hardly ever talk about Josh, but I want to see what, I want to see what he brings to the table. I, I mean, if he has any kind of impact on the defense, the way Zach did on our offense last year, that might be fun to watch. I mean, it really, oh, totally. <laughs> it would be, it would be really cool to see, but yeah, I mean, I want to see what Pepe Tanavasu can do. Um, some of these other guys, Keenan Peely, uh, you know, and Jackson Capusi, obviously it'd be fun to watch as well, but yeah, I mean, all these guys, Kavika Fanua, that's another guy. Like, wow, this guy could really have a – if this guy could have a really big year at linebacker, that would be amazing too. Uh, the more – you know, I think with linebackers too, the more you have, um, the better. I mean, some's good, more's better, especially with that position being such a, a challenging position and injuries happen and everything like that. It's always got to be the mentality is always next man up, and that guy that comes in had better be able to play. I mean, yeah. we kind of saw what happened – with that against Utah a couple of years ago, we were, we were, we had a lead going in the fourth quarter and, you know, our best linebacker goes out and Utah comes back, you know, and that, I mean, that yep. was hard. Oh, so that was terrible. <laughs> I think that, yeah, it was, it was brutal. I mean, I just, oh, I felt sick for our guys. Yep. So I think that was, but I think in having that happen, I think if you look at our current core of linebackers right now and are pretty deep, um, yep. I think that was a kind of a lesson learned sort of thing for the coaching staff. I mean, not that they didn't know that already. I mean, I'm not going to patronize them and say that they didn't, but it, yeah. it's kind of like, wow, you know, I mean, with everything going on, this is, you know, it's still football and we still have all these things going on. So, I mean, if I were a coach, I'd be like, dang, I need to get some more depth because our best guy goes out and really there's a huge drop off. And yeah. so now you've got all these guys that we just talked about that could step in and play and, I really think that the train keeps rolling. I think guys oh, yeah. still get tackled. I think guys still get covered. And uh, we'll just have to see, you know. Definitely. But I, I really like – and and here's something, too. I I don't know are, is are the coaches, the coaching staff, talking about moving Matt Criddle to linebacker, too, from safety? That's kind of the, the direction. There's been two different ways. I mean, he was listed on the depth chart linebacker, but he's kind of been playing all over the place. Yeah, and that's kind of a thing. hybrid guy role players like if you're playing a guy at safety that could also play linebacker and he comes in and makes a big impact at linebacker isn't that kind of um that's the same thing that happened to the guy that just barely left to the nfl i'm trying to remember his name at the moment i'm not it's not landing for me but he uh not hadley um shoot i can't remember his name but he he got hurt a couple years in a row but for at first he was playing linebacker then he moved to safety and then now he last year he kind of played that that both sides of, of the role um, right. linebacker as, as well as safety. I wish I could remember the name right now because it, it's like a yeah, big time I'm, guy. I'm drawing I... a blank too. But <laughs> I mean, but if you look at it, what, what you're talking about is what the Kansas City Chiefs did with Dan Sorensen. Oh, he's yeah. not really a safety. He's not really a linebacker. He's kind of like that hybrid guy that does everything. You know, yeah. the more, th- and, and that's, the th- that's the thing too about linebacker and, and, and safety is like the more things you can do 
to help your team win, the better off your chances are going to be to play at the next level. I mean, I look at, I, I mean, I look at Dan Sorensen when he played at BYU as a safety, but he really kind of more like played like a linebacker. And you look at how he's played in the NFL, it's the same. He plays the same way. You know, he's kind of like that linebacker hybrid safety guy. And so I think with Matt Crudele might be doing something like that. I think, you know, he's, I think he's long enough to do <laughs> kind of long enough to do both. I mean, he's a pretty good sized guy. I mean, Ben, his brother is, you know, six, six, one or whatever. I think they're about the same size. So at least that when I met him, they were, they looked like they were the same size. So, I mean, that, that would make sense to, you know, to kind of have him in that hybrid position, like you mentioned. Yeah, no. And then I think the other thing I was, I keep forgetting about is, I mean, we're going back to Josh Wilson um, mm-hmm. he, in high school. He played really- Canyon. Um, and he kind of was transitioning these first couple of years to play more of that hybrid role. But if you have some of these guys that are coming into that role, it allows you not only do you have the depth in the one position, but you have depth at the multiple. And when one of those guys has to move off, that's when Josh Wilson, even like a Ben Bywater or um, who are the other, the other walk on guys that are, that are really, really good at linebacker. They, they kind of mm-hmm. stepped up and I mean, they're going to have some of those guys, Drew Jensen, you're going to have some of those guys, step into that role and be like, okay, like we're the, we're the number one guy right now. And they're going to, that's how they've gotten these guys to develop such a depth because they've had to move some of these guys mid year. And then the next guy steps up and that's kind of the mentality of next man up, next man up, next man up. Yep. And as BYU well, develops a depth like that, it's going to be really hard to beat them over the next couple of years. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially defensively. And, and that, and that's so true. I mean, and also, I mean, like the more, you know, about the guy's position that plays next to you or behind you, um, the more trust you have, you know, I mean, when Bronco was here, that was the big thing on defense is it, the, the guys knew what their jobs were. They trusted each other and they went out and executed. And we're starting to see more and more of that now, I think with, especially last year, but we're starting to see more and more yeah. of that on the defense where everybody knows his role that nobody plays, does more than, than, than is expected of him or less, just do your job. And these guys go out and do it. Um, where we've gotten in trouble on defense, I think, is where guys feel like they've got to make up for, you know, maybe somebody getting hurt. The guy coming in isn't quite up to speed. And so the guy next to him or the guy behind him or whatever feels like he's got to do a little bit more to make up for that, you know, that the disparity in, in ex- game experience. This is certainly not ability. It's just experience and, and going at full speed where, you know, they don't really do that in practice. It's more of, uh, learning the choreography, if you will, of, of how to play in that defense and what to and what to expect. So I think guys try to tend to do too much sometimes. And, it, and it's, a, you know, and sometimes you get away with it and sometimes it just burns you. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's that's another thing that, that really kind of needs to be these guys are hopefully are, are working on as well. And I believe that they are. Yeah, oh, I definitely believe they are. Uh, it was Zane Anderson, by who now is going to be that's possibly right. the replacement for uh, right. Dan Swanson there right. in Kansas City. And yeah, yeah. You know, we we might see that kind of same that same vibe. I mean, Chaz Ayu. Well, um, I was talking about you uh, talking about him with you before the show, and Chaz mm-hmm. Ayu played linebacker when he first came to BYU, and then right. as the depths developed, he's one of those guys that they've now moved to to likely be a safety and and play that right. role. And la- last year before getting hurt you could see Chaz Ayu as just a field general. Like he, he felt like he was the mainstay in the defense, even though you had these guys like Zane Anderson, you had these other guys like Isaiah Kafusi, and you had Kairos Tong up there. You felt like Chaz was kind of like, 
commanding a little bit of the presence there. So it's yep. going to be cool to have him be able to play that and allow these guys like Peyton Wilgar and, and uh, Pepe Tanuvasa and Keenan Peely and all these other guys just really man that linebacking area. Uh, the other guy that I'm really excited about is George Udo, who kind of plays like mm-hmm. he he plays that hybrid already. He's whether he's playing yep. linebacker, whether he's playing up on the line, or whether he's dropping back. Like he he has a defensive back's body, but he he plays all over, and it's just because yeah. he's not afraid of impact. He's willing to learn the choreography, like you mentioned, of all these different positions, and right. it just makes for some to watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and of all the guys, of all the guys that uh, I've seen recently at BYU he's the one that reminds me most of Diane Gawalaku oh yeah Udo I mean fearless head hunting tough son of a gun you know can play everywhere can cover can tackle will light you up I mean guys a stud you know and he doesn't make very many mistakes and kind of going back to what you're saying about Chaz Chaz Ayu you know I I I had thought when they recruited him to come to BYU he was recruited as a safety and whatever you know you come in and you, and you fit in and you play where you play. But to have somebody like him who's gone through some really kind of tough personal things, to have that mental toughness and that, that acumen uh, and football IQ combined with that, that mental toughness, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's, that, I mean, and guys, the guys around you feed off of that. You know, if they see you, this guy going out there knowing what he's gone through and just going in there and just dominating – and making the right calls and stuff. I mean, how do you not love playing for a guy like that? I mean, these guys play for each other. That's, I'd bleed for that guy. Oh, if yeah. I was playing next to him for sure. Yeah, there's just a different level of passion with that with that play. And I mean, that's that's the excitement that you see nowadays with with Kalani's system that he's brought in. These guys just want to have fun. It's a player led accountability. They have to they hold accountable and. And that, I mean, trickles down into the coaches holding me accountable. But you see a gross level that in these yep. players that you're like, okay, Peyton Wilgar walks on. And he, he's now a guy that they're talking about on Pro Football Focus and all these other places as he's the BYU um, prototype linebacker of, of old. And it's like he's the one that's going to keep this linebacker U mentality going. It's like, well, Peyton Wilgar, a couple of years ago, Everybody, when he first steps on the field, is like, who the heck is this guy? And then he was has Milgar, a yeah. – <laughs> Exactly. He has this game, and he steps up, and it's like because of that mentality of, I don't know, just the, the – I'm willing to go anywhere. I'm willing to learn what it takes. I'm willing to have that fire and passion and love for the game, hold myself, hold my teammates accountable. Uh, it, yep. It's something really exciting that BYU has yeah. going. Yeah, I agree. And, and those kind of guys, too, are just like, you know what? I, I came here. I was played this position in high school played on both sides of the ball, whatever, put me where I can do the most good. Yep. Where do you want me? I'll play anywhere. You know, and, and I, Bronco used to love guys like that. I mean, how could, as a head football coach, could not love guys like that? That just, you know, the guy was talented, but he maybe not had a scholarship for him. Yep. And all he wants to do is just go out there and play hard and be accountable and, and win. You know, whatever it takes. I don't care if I have to play on the special teams for two years before I get to step into the middle of the, of the linebacking core or whatever. Fine. Put me out there. Give me a lane to run in and somebody to blow up. That's all I want. Yep. And, you know, I mean, and you watch guys, and, and who are the guys that, that always seem to end up on the special teams are always guys that are starters in some position somewhere. Yep. You know, because special teams is important too. You know, and, and the guys that are the fringe players that are on – 
special teams, that's their opportunity to, to show that they're ready to play, you know, every down on whatever yep. side of the football. So, you know, I love that about the, the walk-on program, especially at BYU. I mean, it's, it's always some great guys that walked on that have, that have gone on to do great stuff too. I mean, and, and now you get, you know, you get Peyton Wilgar is, is just the next guy who was a walk-on who everybody just kind of like, yeah, okay, great player, but we don't have room for you. And so he comes to Provo and now he's, you know, he's the bookend with Max Tooley and, and those other guys on the, on the defense and is in the linebacker core. And it's going to be fun to watch this guy just crack skulls. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. Just hoping for a really healthy year all around for BYU. I think last year um, was something that we hadn't seen in, in years past where they maintained that health. And some mm-hmm. of the talk this year is they're going back to a seven. I mean, the most they've ever had seven P five games, but it's still going back to a heavy P five loaded uh, schedule, which BYU can hang with those guys. I have no doubt, but my, my personal, like I've mentioned in weeks past, what my standard is nine wins, anything less than nine wins doesn't really show me how good this team is with how much talent they brought in on offense as well as, I mean, losing Kyrus is huge. Don't get me wrong, but these guys on the line, it's not like they didn't get reps too and almost as many as Kyrus. So I I'm really kind of holding these linebackers. Their health is going to be the key. Obviously the depth is only as good as how healthy you are. And if you get down to like we did a few years back when it's your four string guy, then you start to, have questions because those guys get tired. But right now the, the depth's allowing you can get through your one and your two and your three and your four will still yeah. perform. They're just going to be sure. more tired while doing it. So right. um, I'm hopeful, really, really hopeful that it's just a really healthy, successful um, follow-up year to last year, kind of like an encore and, and hopefully even better than last year, just because Absolutely. of um, how they, how much depth they have that way. Right. Well, one thing I also noticed, too, over the last few years and, and went during the Lavelle Edwards years, too, is that these guys, these younger linebackers, guys who are freshmen and walk on and stuff would earn the opportunity to, to get some game time, get some reps in the game to see the game at full speed. And they got put in there in, in situations where the probability of them being successful was very good. But it still gives them the opportunity to play against the, the ones and twos of the other team and go at full speed and so that you can gauge where they're at in their development. And I think that Kalani does a great job. Lysa Tuiaki does a great job of, of growing guys. I mean, I can't tell you how many times last year I watched them play and somebody would run out there. I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> I'm like yeah. on the internet and I'm like scrolling through the roster and I'm like, Oh, who is that? You know, I'm like, where did this guy come from? I mean, I watched the scouting reports and the guys that, you know, that we recruit and everything like that. And, names just I don't remember that guy and then he goes in and he makes a great tackle and then I don't see him again for you know four or five six seven plays and comes in for something else you know so I mean and that was kind of the thing with when I watched when Max Tooley and, and Peyton Wilgar were freshmen it was yeah. kind of like they got little spot details here and there and when they came in there they they loaded somebody up and blasted them and, <laughs> and you're like, almost oh, to the point man yeah, I mean, and I got excited. I'm like, holy crap, you know, this is this is what we get for the next four years with these dudes. I am <laughs> yeah. licking my chops if I'm the defensive coordinator and linebacker coach. I am, like, giddy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch these guys come in and get take their shots, you know, and even if it's they're still developing and they're, like, maybe the three or fourth guy on the depth chart, but they get in the game and they light somebody up. Oh, my gosh, that's wonderful. 
Yep. It's definitely one of those things that makes you your heart pound a little bit. You're like, I want to watch them more. Why aren't they in the game right now? Like, we should be <laughs> yeah. in this linebacker. That's when BYU fans start to get a little crazy because it's like yeah. you've had this guy who's been in every play and he has nine out of ten plays that are excellent, but he has one yeah. off and they're like, okay, where's this guy that we saw do this really cool play? We've only yep. seen one sample size. You want to <laughs> start one or something. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's a great thing because then, I mean, they get their reps and they start to increase in reps. And then as the year goes on, you start to see them mixed in almost just as much as some of those guys um, right. when they need a breather or whatever. Yeah, because you'll have, I mean, little dings there and you'll have longer, um, I guess, series that they're in playing. And it's just really cool to, to watch that come to life for yeah. BYU. I'm really excited for game one going to be a heck of a game i'm excited for really excited for game two on september 11th i just <laughs> how could you not be i just hope we take it to the take it to the youths and and kind of show yep. them where the the steps that we've taken i think having some of that passion come from samson nakua and puka nakua saying hey you know byu is not a single step behind any of these p5 programs in any aspect right. it's a mental game you know that's that's really where byu well, really kind of is hurt themselves yeah it really is and i I think that's where I think, and honestly, I believe that that's kind of where we've lost the the last couple of games against Utah. Was, you know, it's fields a hundred yard long, but that eight inches between your ears sometimes is the the toughest thing to overcome. I mean, fourth and one versus that eight inches between your ears sometimes can be a real real challenge. I think, you know, the thing that Klein is trying to do is develop the right culture, right? At BYU, I mean, he talks about developing the right culture all the time, yep. and Right now, the culture, well, at least in state against Utah, is that we haven't won a game in nine years with these guys. Yeah. And I joke around on Twitter all the time with Utah fans like, well, y'all forfeited last year, so, you know, two is coming. But, <laughs> yep. you know, fact is, we didn't, we, we didn't get to play them, and they didn't get to play us. And that's kind of a bummer. So, yep. yeah, like you, I, yeah, I got September 11th circled on my calendar for more than one reason. But the BYU-Utah game is reason two for sure. Yeah. So I'm like really stoked for that game. I cannot wait to see that game. It's going to so be amazing. Hopefully I'm not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, those are the ones you take PTO for. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. It's like our call out yeah, stick. I feel my sore throat coming on now. Yeah, September 11th, man, I got strep. I got to stay home. <laughs> oh man well mark it's been a pleasure just going over all these these linebackers going over byu's history at linebacker with you and i'm really grateful that you could take some time this evening on a on a beautiful evening to call and get ready for cause monday and um we'll we'll be ready for this this cougar linebacking core this season so thanks so much just you bet man pleasure to be on and uh it was great playing golf with you on saturday brother keep it real we'll talk to you down the road Okay, right, hey, sounds good. Go Cougs. com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we... We got the buzz.